So we got Miss Reese here. Let's give her a big hand. Bless you. For all you kids who had her in school who didn't do your homework, you need to come up to her to after church and repent to her. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Most people, when they grow up, re- realize they had an opportunity when they were in school to learn something, and when they didn't, they, they sort of regret it. <laughs> all right, so thank you, Lord, for all the great things that we gave testimony about this morning, and we're going to have the children to be as our ministry team today. So if you have anything you need prayer about, that'll be a, I think the Lord will, will touch you. So, so I want to put up Second Corinthians four, verse thirteen up there, Brian. We're we're talking about being equipped to do the gospel ministry, and if uh, this chapter in Second Corinthians four to me is one of the best chapters in the Bible, it's it's, it's just practical instructions. To preachers, okay. The verse one says, "As we have this ministry, as we do not, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart." And the key word in that is "we." Everybody say "we." In other words, what Paul was talking about, he wasn't, he didn't say, "As I have this ministry, as I receive mercy." He says, "We do. We all have a ministry. God's called us all into the gospel ministry, and so that's what this chapter is all about. The whole chapter is about." What Paul, you know, great instructions from the Apostle Paul on being ministers of the gospel. And that's really what the Lord has on his heart uh, today. I think he's always had it on his heart. He's just trying to get us more in tune with his heart. And uh, I wanted to to talk about verse 13 in particular today. Uh, And it starts out, and, and since we, see, all through this chapter, Paul uses that word we over and over and over. Uh, and since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. And I want to talk to you about the spirit of faith. And, you know, there's been a lot of great messages on faith, I'm sure. You've probably heard a few. But this is the simple, simple message on faith. Because to me, I like things simple. Uh, first of all, when he, Paul talks about a spirit of faith here, okay, in the Bible, you will find occasionally a uh, spirit of meekness, spirit of wisdom, spirit of revelation. What, what the Bible's trying to tell us when it says, uses that word spirit of, you know, it means it's not something that you yourself, it's not a developed thing in you. It's not, it's not, not talking about character. In other words, you could be a meek person that's it's more of a character thing. What he's talking about is he's talking about faith that is given to you by the Holy Spirit. That when the Bible says uses that, it's faith that is given to you by the Holy Spirit. So what Paul's saying here, which is really, you know, when he, when, he, when he says that, we have the same spirit of faith. Okay? All of us have that same... That's what he's saying. He's putting us all in the same... You have in you right now the faith by the Holy Spirit that you need to do the ministry, the gospel ministry. You don't need anything else in terms of faith. You just need to... What, you, what we need to learn how to do is access the faith that's already in us. That's what God wants to teach us how to do, is to access the thing that's in us already, the spirit of faith that's already in us. And Paul says... I, you know, what he was saying is, we had this according to what written. I believed and therefore I spoke. That's an Old Testament quote. We also believe and therefore speak. Okay? We also believe in what... what, what He's trying to do and encourage us in this chapter 
is to, to, to live by this faith, to minister by this faith. And see, the Christian life is meant to be a life lived from faith to faith. That's the way God designed us to live our life. The problem we have with most Christians, and I want to talk to you a little bit about this, is we haven't been taught to live that way. We've been taught to live by some sort of form or some sort of structure. Okay? But the Bible's clear that we're to live by faith or from faith to faith. I want you to put Romans chapter 1, 6, verse 16 and 17. Uh, this is a great verse, of course, in the Bible. The, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God. Isn't that uh, just a wonderful verse in the Bible? I love that verse. To salvation is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness is of God is revealed from faith to faith. Everybody say faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now, that's such a great thing, and we sort of take verses like that for you know, granted, or we just read over them sometimes. We don't really catch the essence of what's being, being said there. Um, I wanted to give you a picture from my own personal life that really has helped me to faith to faith, because that's really what we're going after, faith to faith, and we'll talk a little bit, but I want, I want you to see it. 25 years or 26 years ago, I was given a word by our, our pastor at that time, uh, Harry Bazell, and the word was this, and it was, really, it was a profound word. Uh, he said, Byron, I saw you as a little boy, and you were running from light post to light post. Uh, okay, so I didn't like the word at the time because when I was a little boy, I was definitely afraid of the dark, like lots of little boys are. They don't all admit it, but I was very afraid of the dark. And so I had actually done that. I'd actually uh, had been out and been, you know, and would be under a light and feel okay, and I'd see another light down the road, and just get to that next light, I felt like I'd be okay. That was, was my thing. If I could just get there, I'd be safe, I would be okay. As long as I was in the light, I felt good, I felt safe. Uh, so when Harry spoke that word to me, I knew God was speaking to me. And he went on to say, as, and that's the, way, that's the way it was then, that's the way God, that's the way it's going to be all your life, okay? You're going to live from lamppost to lamppost. Uh, and really what that really, you know, 25 years, 26 years later, um, what I really see is, is this life of living from faith to faith. From when, when you're in the light, when God speaks to your heart, when God gives you revelation, then you have to walk out of that light in a sense. And there's darkness in your life. You walk into the darkness of the world. You walk into the darkness of, of your circumstances and you go through that to the next place. Are you, are you catching what I'm saying to you? And that's really the way we live. We live, man does not live on, on bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, when God speaks to you, you have to walk it out. You have to live it out. And there are a certain amount of darkness that we have to encounter in our life to live that way. And that's sort of a picture of living from faith to faith, going from you know, one thing to what God's called you to the next thing. Um, but this is what we've sort of done. People, we have taught this spiritual discipline thing. Okay, in the church. But I, I believe in spiritual discipline. I believe in reading the Bible regularly. I believe in praying. I, I believe in all the things that's been taught. But uh, Jack Sear, he, a, many of you know Jack Sear, the marketplace ministry with Harvey, Harvest Evangelist. He does like an email daily devotional that I get. I want to read something he said that really captures really where we've gone wrong at. 
He says, It is impossible for the majority of people to have life so constructed that we do the same thing the same way every day. Now, I think most mothers in this room could you know, say, Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, many have made order the priority. Many have made order the priority. They think if we do our devotional every morning, we are somehow holy. Now, isn't that what we've been sort of taught? Do your devotional, you know, everything's going to be good. Again, I'm not throwing out devotions because I want to do devotional kind of things. Or if we get to every one of our kids' games, we're better dads. I think all, you know, you feel like a, you know, a jerk when you don't show up for your kids' games, you know. And, uh, but that doesn't make you a better dad because you've come to all their games. Uh, or uh, we, it's not about doing the same thing every day like a robot. It's about God being in control. You see, we've been taught this structured, ordered life where you do certain things. Our problem is that we tend to compartmentalize these three important relationships, speaking of the marriage relationship, the relationship with the Lord, the relationship with your children. We, we tend to compartmentalize those things. We want to make specific times for each one, and if we don't do it, we begin to feel guilty and usually drop the one or two that doesn't seem to be working out. Lots of times that's your relationship with the Lord. You know, sometimes it's with your wife, and lots of times it's with your children. You see what he's saying is we can't, God hasn't designed us to live our lives like that. Again, I want to make sure you understand I am all for being disciplined in your life, doing the things that you know you should do. You should read the Bible. Of course, you know, if you're going to be a Christian, read the Bible. It doesn't take a, a, a rocket scientist figure that God gave you the Bible. You should read it. Okay, but we've made it into some kind of thing. We've so ordered everything. Well, if I just read a chapter in the Bible every day, if I'll make sure I talk to my wife at night, if I'll make sure I go to my kids' games, everything's going to be okay. And that is so wrong. That is not the Spirit-led life. That is not a life of faith. God wants us to go beyond that. He wants us to live beyond that. He wants our lives to be ordered in a different way. The Holy Spirit knows the best order. And what God wants to teach us is to walk by the Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to tell you what's the right order. Because you may wake up one morning and the Holy Spirit has a divine appointment with, with you with somebody at, over at Starbucks. And instead of getting up and spending a couple hours or 30 minutes or five minutes, however much time you spend with the Lord, He may say, get up and go to Starbucks. And how many people here are so structured in their life that they may argue with the Lord, no, I can't go to Starbucks because I'm supposed to be reading the Bible right now. So you're going to sit there and read the Bible and you're going to get nothing out of it because God is not there for you to read the Bible. He's sitting over in Starbucks waiting for you to show up so the guy he's going to send in there that needs, to, needs God and he's going to happen, you're going to happen to have a conversation with happen to have a conversation with him. You see, that's just the way the normal Christian life is meant to be. It's not meant to be all this other stuff that we've made it. Are y'all with me this morning? So God's called us to live, you know, from faith to faith, from one encounter with God to another encounter with God to another encounter. And when God speaks to us and reveals Himself to Him, we go on what He said, and we continue going in that direction until He redirects us. And that's really how the Christian life is meant to be lived. So what I want to do is I want to give you two examples out of the Bible. One from Jesus and one from Paul to just show, show you how they did it because they did it I mean you know Jesus did it just like he wants us to do it except that he wasn't, had, didn't have to deal with sin like he was never sinned but he really lived his life on this earth as an example for us 
and you know, and Paul, you know, picked up on that. But the first example, Luke five, just verse seventeen. Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching. So there's Jesus. Let's get this mode. Jesus is in this teaching mode. He's he's standing in front of all these people and he's teaching them something. Okay that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by. And that's the crowd he had there. He had the religious crowd there. And for some reason, they had all gathered that day because it says, uh, who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. So he had all these people there. He was in the middle of, of a message. And all of a sudden, it says, and the power of the Lord was present, was present to heal them. Okay, so here he is in the middle of this message. And imagine it like this. Look at it like this. This is what the Bible is trying to tell us. It's not trying to tell us that everywhere Jesus went, the power of God was present to heal. Because if you study the Gospels, it is not like that. A lot of people had to ask Jesus to heal them. It wasn't just an automatic thing where there was this power, there was this anointing there. In fact, there were some people who had to beg Him. They literally had to beg Jesus to heal them. I mean, that's in the Bible. Bartimaeus, he cried out, Jesus, have mercy on me! Have mercy on me! Have mercy on me! Jesus was headed the other way. Why? Because there wasn't always this anointing for healing. There was an anointing for teaching right here, but Jesus was sensitive. He felt the Holy Spirit all of a sudden shift. He felt the spiritual realm shift. He felt something change. And what did he do? He switched into that. That's why I say that's one of my first. Really, what I was, my goal is to be a preacher is to be sensitive to the Lord, where I feel the Lord and I feel the, the little shifts in the spirit realm, and when they happen, you go with that. You drop what you're doing, you change your agenda, and you jump into that. That's what living by the Spirit. That's walking by faith to faith. You start out. You, the Lord had Jesus teaching. Jesus felt the Lord say, Okay, we're done teaching. We're going to heal now. He was able to pick up on that. He sensed it. He felt it. And he said, Okay, we're going into healing now. Of course, you know, if you read the rest of the story, those guys didn't get healed. There was another guy got healed that wasn't, evidently wasn't with the Pharisee crowd because they couldn't receive it. You know, they couldn't receive that kind of thing. So, um,. In fact, listen to this. I want you to get this. Go and study on your own in the Gospels. Go and read about when all the different people got healed. There was a place in the Gospel where it says that Jesus healed every person around him. I mean, everybody was getting healed. Everybody. There's lots of places, at least 23 or 24 places, where people had to ask him. And he said the same thing to every one of those who asked him. It was your faith has made you whole. You see what I'm saying to you? Jesus walked in the Spirit. He lived by the Spirit. Now, He always had the capability to heal because He was God. And I think we always have the capability to heal because we have God in us. But what we've got to learn how to do is recognize what God's doing at any given moment and go with that. You see what I'm saying to you? Now, that's critical for you. You're witnessing to somebody. You walk in the store and you feel like the Lord saying, I want you to speak to the cashier about you know, about their salvation. And you start talking to them and then this thought comes in your mind to speak to them about their, uh, they, uh, you know, your children are going to be okay. Turns out the person, you know, kid had fallen into drugs. You know, the Lord's saying your children, you know, that would profoundly speak to a person. They would know that God, and that's just being led by the Spirit. We need to learn how to do that. That's faith. It takes faith to do that. You have to, have to cultivate that. You have to develop that kind of sensitivity by obeying the Lord and, and moving when He says move. Are, are y'all good with that? 
And that's really living from faith to faith. That was an example of Jesus' life. All right, let's look at Acts 16. Then we're going we're to look at one from Paul's life. And I forgot how to pronounce that word. Denise Moose told me how to pronounce it. So now when they had gone through, what, how do you pronounce that word? Phrygia. Don. Now Don, Phrygia. Okay, I can remember now. Think about Frigidaire Refrigerator. Okay, so whenever you see that word Phrygia. All right, now when they had gone through the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. Okay? They were forbidden. The Holy, they were going out. Paul was going out to preach the gospel. That was his mission. He was on that mission. He was moving in that mission. But suddenly, he comes up against some, something happened. Okay? Where he felt the Lord just would not let him preach the gospel there. It doesn't tell us what that something was. Because if he told us what that something was, we would just make it another form or formula to follow God. That's why he never told us what it was. He knew it because he sensed it. He felt the Lord was saying, that is not the place for you, Paul. You've got to, that's how we got to learn how to do this thing. That's not the place for you. So Paul, being the, being the as-you-go gospel-preaching guy he was, he just didn't like, well, you know, I miss the Lord. I've got to go back home. You know, I'm, this ain't working like most of us do. We just give up. First time we feel like the Lord says no to us on something. But this is going to the next verse. He just said, well, I'm going to go on down here to Bithynia. And so after they had come to Mysa, they tried to go into to Bithynia. But the Spirit did not permit them. So there's another situation. Paul was headed there to preach. He went one place, the Lord said no. He gets to this other place, and the Holy Spirit said, no. You're not, you've not got the place yet, Paul. So was Paul discouraged? Did Paul give up? No. Uh, so passing by, they just said, well, we'll just keep on going. They just kept going. God's saying, keep going. Don't stop. Just keep going and pay attention to me. Be sensitive to me. Paul was, you know, he hadn't got back to the, to the light place yet. So, so they came, you know, whatever that said. Anyway, uh, it says, and, Paul, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. Okay, so again, I don't want to overplay this thing, this vision thing, because it probably was nothing but a simple dream that probably everybody in this room have had simple dreams where you felt like something happened in the dream. But Paul, being a person who was walking from faith to faith, who was sensitive to the Holy Spirit, it says, he's had this dream, and a man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, come over here to Macedonia and help us. Just come help us. So he, what does he do? Now, after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia. Again, they didn't, they didn't have some big ceremony or some big powwow and three days of fasting and all the stuff that we do. Oh, what does the Lord want us to do? No. Well, that seems like the Lord. Let's go. Let's go. We don't need all this other stuff. Let's just go. And if it's not the Lord, guess what? God is a big God. He will forbid us from going. You know what I'm saying? And that's where I'm trying to say this. We've got to get that kind of mindset. We've got to get this in our heart that we're hearing the Holy Spirit. We're going by faith. We're taking every step as a step of faith. And we're trusting God and believing God that He's going to be right there directing our paths. That we don't need all this specific stuff, all this detail. We don't need 40 church meetings and 19 prayer meetings and all these things. We just need to go. And as we go, let's preach and be sensitive to the Spirit of God and let Him direct us. Does that sound real hard? Not really. But not a lot of people do it. Because a lot of people don't have a lot of confidence 
that they're hearing God. And it, so it starts with you on a personal level, living by the Spirit on a personal level, walking by the Spirit on a personal level in your life. Before it ever gets to, gets to ministering to other people, that's what Romans, you know, that's what Romans 5, 6, 7, and 8 is all about, if you really study them. And, but 2 Corinthians 4, he's talking about doing ministry. Okay, so we conclude that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them versus these other people. So um, Paul, Paul said at the start, we have the same spirit of faith. That's what he said. We have it. We have to learn how to access that spirit to be able to do what he and Jesus did. We need to become more sensitive to the Holy Spirit personally before you ever decide to minister. You need to really begin to learn how to hear the Spirit in your own personal life and allow Him to direct and have control over your personal life. In other words, you need to get beyond having to have some superstructured life where you got to do certain things. Listen, how many wives in here want their husbands to have to schedule time with them? There is not a wife in this room in fact, if you even mention that kind of stuff to a wife, as, as from a husband perspective, you can bet you might get slapped down over that one. They'll get mad at you and tell you you're just a big idiot and you're worthless if all I am is somebody you've got to schedule time with. Your kids don't want you like, well, Dad's got to schedule his life around just to get to my game. You know, they want you just to be a part of their lives. That's all they want. Just be a part of it. You don't have to have a schedule. It, it, everything doesn't have to be so ordered. Now, again, I'm not throwing order out because you need a certain amount of order to, to get through life. But I'm just saying that's the mindset the church has got with the Holy Spirit. Well, if we'll just pray this morning, everything's going to be okay. Well, that's not true. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to have control of our day, give Him control, and walk in faith knowing that He's going to direct us. You see what I'm saying to you this morning? And these are instructions on how to be ministers of the gospel as you go. So what we need to do is learn how to access the Spirit that's already inside of you and I. That's the key, is access the Spirit. And uh, Matthew's not here. Do you want to share Matthew's little obedience story for him? You don't want to? I'll share it for him because Matthew made a great point about obeying the Lord in the first service, but since he's back there doing baby chores as he they went to the beach and he was walking by this man and the lord said i got a word for this man of course matthew told the lord i'm on vacation <laughs> lord, what's wrong with you you're not on the same schedule here god <laughs> and then they wind up coming back by the guy again and the lord told him again i got a word for this guy that's listening oh i feel something did he feel some profound thing probably it's just a little thing a little thing and that's what it usually is in fact, some of the most profound things are so little, they're ridiculous. Like, well, but the only way you're going to know is step out on it. You'll never know if you don't. I can't stand that thing of not knowing. I'm, I'm going to step out here. If I flub, I flub. Well, he, you know, I guess had this little, he did have a little conversation with the Lord about it, and finally he stepped out there, talked to the guy, told him that the Lord had him on his heart, and had some other thing from the Lord about, uh, I forgot what he said, something about his having a difficult... You're going through a difficult time. The guy said, no, I'm not going through a difficult time. Okay? Probably really was. Or he was about to get to. But see, what, what Matthew was trying to, his point was, all God wants for us to do is just obey him. That's all he wants us to do. We're not really, it's the results are not ours. Who knows what happened to that guy? That thing could have changed his life forever. He might have fell into 
a, a terror in his life right after that. And it could have been the very thing that got him through it was knowing, well, God already spoke to me. God cares about me. Sometimes you'll speak to people and you'll say something to them. And just, I've, I've literally had people, they, it's like their tears squirted out on me. And, you know, you're just saying something like, duh. You know, like you're just this dumb person saying it. Like you don't have anything real. You just this little sense, this little feel in you. And you say it by faith. And God does what He does. And that's all He's asking us to do. He, he really is. And trust Him that He'll do His part. So you have, like I shared, there's three things I believe that are really important for us to access the, the supernatural realm. Is one is humility. It takes humility to do this. It takes a lot of humility. You constantly are having to humble yourself because you're constantly saying to God, you know better than I do, even though my smart brain or my smart aleck brain, <laughs> you know, whichever one it is, tells me it's opposite. You've got to constantly humble yourself to that kind of thing and just submit yourself to God and go against the natural realm and everything that is telling you. And the second is like what Matthew shared was this thing of just simply obeying the Lord. Just simply, simple it. I got a word for this guy. Or, or, or no, don't say anything to this person about it. Just be friendly, be nice to him. That's all I want you to do. I don't want you to preach to him because you will drive him away from me. Obey me and just be friendly and nice. That's, you know, that's all you've got to do. And, and then the third thing is this faith. Is you've got to trust the Lord. You've got to believe. You've got to walk in faith. It's all by faith. You want to access the supernatural world? You have to have faith. It's just not going to happen otherwise. So humility and obedience and faith. If you've got those three, three things operating in your life in a reality, then you are in the supernatural world. You're in there. Okay? Because those are like tremendous spiritual attributes. So you want to... We want to bring the kids up now to, to, do, to do ministry. And so, come on, Tony. Yeah. Yeah, now she wants to do it. Come on. I don't know where that thing's at. Your husband took it somewhere. I just wanted to add something to what you were saying. I didn't know what he was talking about at first because I was out at the first service. But um, when Matthew was, when we did that, he was because we had been talking the whole time we were we were walking about this whole thing of walking with the Lord. So he kind of felt like, okay, I got to walk it out since it's you know. But we were talking about afterwards because when the guy when we talked to the guy, he didn't really. I mean, he responded, but he didn't really like. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's the Lord. You know, or anything. You know, but we were. He was Matthew was saying to me how the Lord's really teaching him about. Simply saying only what the Lord tells you to say and not when, like, when you speak that to a person and they don't really respond the way you think they're going to, trying to figure out or saying a little bit more to try to convince them or something. You know what I mean? Only saying what the Lord and letting Him take it from there. And I was telling Matthew, I said, yeah, because I remember when we went up to a women's retreat one time at the mountains where Rita Springer was ministering. And this was... and. At the very end, she spoke out these words, and people were coming up. The only one that she spoke out that nobody came up to is she said, I feel like somebody in here's had a miscarriage. And nobody came up. That was the only one that nobody had came up for. And that very next weekend, I had a miscarriage. And we really felt like that I had said to my mom on the way up, I feel so good, I don't, almost don't feel pregnant. But I didn't know. But when that, when I started having the miscarriage, immediately the Lord brought that to my mind. And I knew 
that the Lord was speaking to me then. You know, it was just that. And I went, I went to a thing later and told her about that, just to encourage her, you know. And I was telling Matthew, we were talking about that then, you know, just we have to be in obedience and not, even not knowing how the Lord's going to work it all out. 